welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Sarah Randall is an intuitive eating coach that specialises in helping people have a better relationship with food and their bodies. She offers a dialogue that allows us to really understand why we have the relationship that we have with food, helps people to gain some control around food and diet and ultimately to gain acceptance. I have spoken a lot about the relationship that I have with food and with my body on the podcast in the past and as a result I know that a lot of you face the same issues and daily struggles. I had been watching Sarah's videos on TikTok for a while and found them really intriguing, so I reached out to her to be a guest. There's so much noise out there on social, in magazines, in the media, online, around diets and food, and how our bodies should look, food and body trends, that it's almost impossible not to fall into the trap of beating yourself up and constantly comparing yourself to images online and other people's behaviours around food, bodies and movement. Sarah and I chatted back and forth for quite a while about how we could create a really impactful episode and together we decided that we would do a live coaching session dedicated around the relationship that I have with food, binge eating and how I feel about my body. I've done dedicated episodes about this in the past so if you are a frequent listener of the podcast you'll have some context around what we're about to discuss. This was honestly one of the most nerve-wracking experiences I've had and definitely the most anxious I've been to record an episode. I did really allow myself to be vulnerable and be honest in the hope that this conversation allows you to feel more at peace with your relationship with food and if you do struggle with some of the same issues I really encourage you to take action as there is an alternative way. For years I have beaten myself up around eating and food and my body constantly looking in the mirror and tearing myself apart and I just had enough so I decided to do something about it and I haven't fully got there but I'm definitely in a better and more positive place than I ever have been. If you're listening to the podcast I would also take a moment to watch the episode on YouTube. Sarah is super engaging and watching this conversation live could really help you to feel like a part of it. I'll add the link to my channel in the show notes so if you do want to watch just give it a little click. If anyone is curious about the conversation or things that they're hearing or wants to improve their relationship with food or their body or eating or diet, I would definitely recommend reaching out to Sarah. She created a space for me to be open, honest and vulnerable and within just one session, it really allowed me to understand that a lot of how I feel is through outside experiences versus what and who I am. I honestly really hope you enjoy listening to this episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> we're, laughing, we're laughing because we um, we just started recording and then Sarah's fiancé came in and made coffee. <laughs> um, exaggerated it, exaggerated it. Yeah, he did. He was hanging around for a minute. I think he won't, we should have invited him on as a guest. I know. Should so have. rude of us. Um, but yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here and to do this. And I think the, what we're going to do is going to be so helpful for anyone listening. Like it's nice to hear, obviously people talk about intuitive eating and specific topics, but I think when you hear someone like ask specific questions or give stories or examples of like what's happened in their life, and then you can hear a little bit of yourself in that question or take whatever response was given and like make it personal to you and I just think it's it's super I mean I see it all the time in my group program like it's super helpful for people to hear that so I'm excited yeah so what Sarah's referring to is we're gonna do a live coaching session which I am nervous about I've spoken so much I've done dedicated episodes on like my relationship with food and the struggle with binge eating and body and that kind of stuff so I'm here in a tracksuit and a blanket and a hot chocolate in my bed. <laughs> um, oh, to be comforted. We're about to get vulnerable, but um, yeah, just for kind of anyone who hasn't come across your profile before, do you want to just give a bit of an intro into who you are, what you do? Um, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, well, my name is Sarah. I am an intuitive eating coach and a mobility coach and a yoga teacher um what will help today will be the intuitive eating part of it um but essentially I just have both on social like a community in a space where we talk about um diet myths and diet culture and breaking all these rules that we've been taught so that you're able to build a positive relationship with food and movement and your body and just kind of like how that all filters and infiltrates your whole entire life right it's not so siloed which diet culture makes it it's like it's just about your food and it's like no it's actually just the way you live um so we talk we talk about a lot of stuff and it's it's really it's a big topic right because you've been taught all these things your whole life so we're reprogramming we're breaking all these rules um so I just found it really helpful to one for my own relationship with food but for people whose comments I respond to or questions I answer via video. Um, It's just a really helpful space for people to, 
be vulnerable and to share stories and to also comment on each other's comment. It's just like so wonderful for me to see and to create a community of people who are lifting each other up versus commenting on each other's bodies or tearing each other down or being like, I wish I looked like you. Like there's none of that that like happens. It's this space of like, here's a problem that I'm having or an issue that I'm facing. And while I'll try to respond as best as I can, there's also other people that respond that are just like, so I just get so happy when I see it. It just makes my, I just, I love it, but that's what I do. (laughs) No. And I think it's really good. And we'll kind of kick off in a bit with like a live coaching session, which yeah, will be really interesting to see how that goes. Um, Totally. What was your reason for becoming uh, an intuitive eating coach? I've had, like, obviously we all have our own relationship with food and I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder. I did have disordered eating habits that I viewed as healthy, right? I thought that that was how you were supposed to live. And so until I was it was brought to my attention that those things maybe weren't the healthiest or like promoting a positive relationship with me and my body. Um, I was like, this is just how I'm supposed to live. I'm supposed to live in fear of food and always in control and skipping social events and logging everything that I eat. Um, I, well, honestly, what really like pushed me into it was I started health coaching and everyone was coming to me wanting to lose weight. And I was like, I don't know how to do that because I don't want to like make you restrict calories or avoid certain foods. So I was like, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to coach you with what you want. And so what I ended up coaching them on was like building up without even like really knowing what intuitive eating was. It was like building a positive relationship with food, thinking about the things you want to do versus the things you want to cut away. And then when I was formally introduced to the intuitive eating book and the workbook and going through the intuitive eating counselor program, then it was like, ah, like I had more words to put to it. And so it honestly, like it came out of my own relationship with food um, and movement and like relationship to my own body Mm -hmm. and hearing other people's, what they were coming to me for. And then also having like a social platform and talking about it and then hearing like, oh, like this is something that we need to address. And that is like it is a problem that we've been taught to view food this certain way like a specific way and that's not not actually true or how it could be in a world where we all trust ourselves around food we don't view food as good and bad and and all of that so that's why I got here it's it's such a tricky one to navigate isn't it because I Uh honestly don't have a friend who doesn't worry about food or their body or the relationship between food and body and how it makes them feel um yeah it's concerning isn't it yeah and it's the the thing that's tough is that when you food is such a personal topic and so people are really quick to get defensive about their own relationship with food and they might not even call it a relationship they might just say like how I eat or how I view food and what I always like to like, even just like share, tell people that like nothing is wrong, right? Like you, it's, it's also really easy as like an intuitive eater to be like, this is the right way. Everyone should be doing this, like whatever. And it's like, 
yeah, in an ideal world, like everyone trusts their body, everyone moves in a way. And we're all like weight loss has like gone to the back burner and we're less concerned with what our body looks like and more interested in what it can do and how it lives and how it supports you. But there are just people who aren't ready to hear it or aren't, aren't going to change. And like, that is not on you to change that, which it's tough because of someone who like, whose job is literally of service it like I just want to help everyone and sometimes just like some people don't want to be helped and not to say that like your friends or just like everyone's friends in general don't want to be helped but we're surrounded by still by talk about food in a specific way about our bodies and it's like constantly like being negative about our bodies worrying about gaining weight or worrying about losing weight and so it's as much as there is a, a huge wave of intuitive eating and people who live in all shapes and sizes and all different sizes of bodies speaking out like it's incredible when you're in our bubble when you're out of it it's extremely loud still the diet culture talk um but like like I said it is a really personal thing and so when you talk about intuitive eating or like oh like this is what I'm learning people are also like real quick to get defensive about it and so even if you And that's why I love the platform that I have because we get to create a space for you actually can talk about it, right? You can ask your questions, you can share stuff versus, you know, sometimes it's uncomfortable to talk to friends who are so worried about the way they look or food they're eating. And you're like, I don't want that as like a role model. I don't really, I don't want to believe that stuff. So it's, it is tough. It's tricky to navigate. And I'm, I'm glad that we're here to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a, it's a hard one. And I think, yeah. We could, we could talk, I could talk about this for hours and I'm <laughs> sure you can work up and I sure. had all these plans to go to the gym and see my friends for brunch and stuff. And I just, I didn't have the capacity to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you wake up and you have like, on that other day, you wake up, you have plans to go to the gym and go see your friends. And like, that's a lot of like outside energy, a lot of like extrovert stuff to go do. Um, tell me where like, what the switch is of like, this is my body's fault, right? Or like my body isn't good enough. Like what's the switch? And then what is the self-talk like? You, like, can you remember specific phrases that your inner voice says? Um, Yeah, so I actually had friends over on Saturday evening and like all the girls came around. We just had sushi and stuff, but I was meant to be out in the day and I just canceled my plans. The, do you mean the switch of like negative self-talk from positive? Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, on Saturday, I just woke up and I was in an awful mood, but I do tend to just blame that on my body. Um, Yeah. And then I try and talk myself out of it. And sometimes I just can't, like on Saturday, I couldn't. What I was doing, I was trying to get ready. (laughs) I put my makeup on and took it off three times because I just felt like my face, I have this thing about my face being bloated and it swells up at the bottom. I don't even know if it does. I don't even know if it's just in my head. It probably is. But I'm like, I can't put my makeup on because I feel like my face yeah. is so round. It's because my grandma used to say, Chloe's got a round face. Mm. Um, but it's such a, yeah, it's a, such a sticking point for me. Um, yeah. To feel, and then I didn't want to put clothes on because I was like, I don't, I just want to wear joggers, but I've got girls coming around and I want to look nice and feel nice, but I don't feel good in jeans or whatever. Um, sorry, I've totally gone off topic off of the no you're you're still you're on track like you're right on spot when you it's 
I love when this happens and you're able to pull like face, it feels like swollen. And the fact that you're able to be like, maybe it's not, maybe it's just because my grandma used to say Chloe has a round face in a negative way, not in like a, in a way that's, that feels like a compliment. And that, so those voices are stemming from people who have told you things. It's not your voice. Yeah. That's like someone else's voice who still lives in there and who, frankly, that comment does not deserve a place in your beautiful brain. So when you, and what I always like to do is when you, when that thought comes up is to have something to immediately put it in. And so there's, and there's a book called what to say when you talk to your, and there's an example of like, when you're trying to switch negative to positive self-talk is to really think about like, if you don't like any of the furniture in your house, so like, we don't like any of the self-talk that we have right now. Like some of it's pretty negative, especially on this day mm-hmm. and you want to get rid of it. So you throw all of the furniture in the garbage. Now you're sitting in your empty apartment and you're like, but I would like a couch to sit on. So you go back to the garbage and you bring your couch back and then you go get your TV, right? You're just refilling your apartment, AKA your brain with the same old stuff mm-hmm. because you didn't have anything to put new stuff in. Yeah. And so with, with self-talk, that's the exact same way of, I don't like the, I'm just going to use this. My face is round, um, inner voice phrase and saying like, I don't like the way my, my face is round. Like it's not pretty or it's not beautiful, whatever it is. And I don't like that. So I take it out, but now there's nothing in here. So I need to replace it with something that I would rather believe instead of my face is round in a negative way. It could even be my face is round in a positive way, but using that to kind of understand how can I replace that? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the interest of being a coaching call, tell me, <laughs> so when that thought, because I want to go deeper into this like down day too. So when you, um, when you have that thought from your grandma, like specifically what she would say to you is what you think about you, right? So how would you, if you wake up and let's say your face, even if it's not, and it feels just like swollen, how would you want to respond to seeing that? instead of the way that you currently respond, which is what your Grammy used to say to you. Do you mean the language that I would prefer to use with myself Mm -hmm. rather than saying that I've got a swollen face? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you say to a friend if they were, sometimes help would be like, what would I say to a friend if they came to me and they're like, Chloe, my face, like it's so swollen, it's so round, blah, blah, it doesn't look good. What would you say to them? You look amazing. You are beautiful. Mm -hmm. You are pretty um yeah and then you can also use that for yourself too Mm -hmm. and the thing is is sometimes you're not always going to believe that right away yeah and that's also okay but to continue to you didn't also believe that having a round face was a negative thing right Mm -hmm. you heard it over and over and over again and so hearing that like your face is beautiful and amazing right to hear all that stuff is like repeating it over and over again will be super helpful just to be like this, this I believe instead, even if I don't believe it right now. Yeah. So when you think about these down days, talk to me about like when you, what else comes up in terms of thoughts of like, when you, when you say blame it on your body, what is to blame and how is it your body's fault? Um, How do I answer this? What's the blame? I think, like, 
personally my body is something that's yep. always been called out always yep. I've, I was always really tall I've been this high like no word of a lie I've been this tall since I was like 12 so I've always been yeah really tall and always been like really broad um and so I think the the blame that I put on myself is because it's constantly what I've always been told about myself or always been Mm -hmm. differentiated by um I remember a guy on the like it used to happen at home and my brother and sister would like pick on me as as you do like kids fight whatever but I was on school bus home and a boy said to me why don't you look like your sister and I was like what do you mean and he was like well why is your sister so hot and you're not and I was like oh so other people it's not just at home like other people Mm -hmm. do so I think it's just something I've always felt so insecure about and and maybe like when I felt bad about myself or like had a bad day I'm like why why am I in this body like why and it's getting so much better my relationship with it's so much better than it ever has been but still have days but- and it's the first thing I blame I, I hate like the first thing I hate on um yeah what was the second question what do I blame and and why is it your body's fault probably because of that because it's like learned behavior I guess um and I don't know if this is a thing but I I used to speak about this in therapy a bit like if I'm feeling a type of way about something I work up in a funny mood or something's happened in the day I instantly feel it in my stomach and that makes me feel I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. It's ridiculous. That makes me feel like quote unquote fat. And then I carry this emotion in my stomach. And then it's almost as if I feel like I'm getting bigger. It's the Mm -hmm. maddest thing, isn't it? When you say this stuff out loud, but yeah. I'm glad you said it out loud. And it's not, it sometimes when we say that stuff and you're like, it sounds logical in your brain. And then you say it out loud and you're like, wait a minute like that is not true nor and then even in that right like in that way your brain is telling you that one this emotion is taking up space it's making you bigger and that's bad right it's bad to be fat it's bad to be bigger which compared to if you're in a bigger body than your siblings even if you're not like in a fat body you're you've been told that being bigger is wrong or bad or not beautiful right and so there's a lot of this like deep 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 child stuff that like all, that comes with us for for a long time which is very normal yeah. but it's cool to feel emotions in your body right mm-hmm. you can feel and so when we're like separately like when you talk about like understanding where hunger and fullness is there's a an exercise of like proprioception of just like or interoception just understanding like where emotions live in your body and like when you feel thirsty where do you feel it when you feel anxious do you feel the pit in your stomach like where does it live um and so instead of that being like a negative thing to me it's cool for you to be able to feel the emotion in your body and to be able to pinpoint it and be like huh this is where it's affecting me and like how can I what are the coping skills that I want to use to actually work through it and so when you think about it and there's a lot of ways to cope with emotions, but just understanding like, it's okay to feel those emotions in your body. It's not a bad thing. And then being able to, we can talk about coping skills too, but being able to 
go through and understand like are you ready to deal with this emotion or not and if you are then like let's talk about it um it's it's not as like silly as it sounds because there are other people who feel it too um and who are like oh my god Chloe like I do the same thing so I, I always think I'm not alone but it's like it's hard when it just comes from me um but you're not and so I'm glad you shared it because it it is really real yeah 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 it is and I think it's that's kind of why I wanted to do this as a live episode, <laughs> a live recording. Cause I think honestly, this like a lot of my friends, every woman I ever speak to has issues with their body or the way they feel about themselves or they don't look right in this or they could never wear that. Mm. And it's, mm. it's overwhelming. And I just, I, I think I just look at the people around me and I think we're all too good to be feeling like this constantly. Yeah. And, and and that goes for like anyone in anybody, right? Like there's no room for that, even though that's what we've been taught. And so being able to work through your self-talk, understanding and um, body image with Brie is like, I'm just going to shout her out because she's just like the most incredible human. And she like talks a lot about like body grief and um, understanding your body image and make building a better relationship with your body. And it's, and like, it's such a big task because of the messaging we've been receiving for so long. Um, but like it, it's super real and it's also very fair for, and again, it depends on the friend and how well you know them, but for you to also be like, maybe we just don't talk about our bodies around each other, right? Like maybe we just set that boundary because also think about it, like the people you surround yourself with, the things that they talk about, that they worry about, that they believe also become the things that you believe and you talk about because you're surrounded by it. And even if it's in like the best of intentions, sometimes that it can still be hurtful and it can still be absorbed into your brain without you thinking about it, or it might make you question something that you weren't questioning before. So sometimes it's helpful to be like, you know what, maybe from now on, we just don't talk about ourselves around each other and we hold each other accountable to that. So we start to change the way that we talk which then will change the things that you believe in all of that. That makes sense. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's so good. I know. Sorry, we digressed a little bit. We did, it's okay. Um, I mean, there was no specific topic, so it. I love when it kind of takes a turn anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I just want to like close your loop on these, on your down days. Tell me what the difference is between a down day and a day where you feel like you're, you can look in the mirror and be happy with what you see. What's the difference or differences? Um, confidence is massive difference. Do you mm-hmm. mean a difference in my mood and how I feel or physical differences? Yeah. Um, Everything. Yeah. Confidence, self-worth, the way I speak to myself, the way I, um, even the way I go, not the way I go about my day, I still, I get up and walk every morning regardless of whether I feel good, bad, ugly, whatever. I always I always leave the house the second I wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, and some rituals remain the same if I want to meditate. I, yep. I can do it on both days. So that's quite good that that remains the same. But I think, like I said, I've been working on my confidence massively lately. Yes. That is something that kind of just, drops if I wake up on a bad day on a good day it's there and I feel like I can almost take over the world I've got a lot going on I've got a great career I've got this podcast um 
great friends I live in the city and I feel like I am at a really happy place in my life when it's a yeah. good day um and it's funny because when it's when it's not a good day you feel like you could be doing so much more which is mm-hmm. yeah it's an interesting thing totally and when you think about the days where because it sounds like there's this like really high high and like really low low of the of the days and like I'm sure there's days in between but the days in between and I think of this is like it's it's a little like all or nothing right it's either the best day ever or I have like a day that just kind of freaking sucks (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) and so when you think about like these like the black and white side like the all or nothing and then there's like this area in between that's just like this magical rainbow that ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is a wonderful land and there's nothing like, and when you think about intuitive eating and even just like your life, like you can't do anything wrong. You can't fall off the wagon. You can't restart. You can't do all that, which is very diet culture. Diet culture is very all or nothing. You're on the diet or you're off. You either only eat salads and quotes whole foods forever, or you don't, right? It's like this or that, or this or that. And like, you either do really, really well, or you do really, really poorly. And so, and it's not, and it, it sounds like it's the like, best day ever, like worst day. And so getting into the middle, like, obviously you want to still have some of the best days, right. But like getting in them and there's still going to be down days, Mm -hmm. but getting into that middle space where it's like, I'm still, there's a little bit of both, right. Where it's like, I'm still able to talk to myself in a positive way or even in a neutral way Mm -hmm. and not blame my body for the way that I'm feeling because my body's not the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. I know I've been told that it is, but it's not. And giving yourself the space to be like, what actually is the problem? Why do I actually feel like this? Like, why am I actually, why do I feel not worthy? Did someone say something? Did something happen? Did I go on a date and like it went wrong? Like what actually happened? Because it wasn't my body's fault. It was something that someone said that triggered it, that made me think of it because my whoever used to say this to me or something similar. Does that make sense? Completely, yeah. And when you look back on this past Saturday, mm-hmm. is there, if you, instead of being like, my face is round or I can't do this, like I'm going to, I'm going to cancel my plans, which again, it's totally okay to cancel plans and have days to yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you look back and you think like, okay, I woke up and I was instantly feeling this, 
if you had to dig into it a little bit more and to be like, what actually was the the trigger or the like what made me feel not worthy or what made me feel insecure what do you think that is there's no wrong answers either I like my life's quite intense at the moment there's a lot of things Mm -hmm. happening and career which is is great everything's moving in the right direction with that comes pressure and I think totally and also, I am my worst and en- my own worst enemy when it comes to being hard on myself and really hard mm-hmm. on myself. So the podcast, for example, I was, in fact, one of the first things I said to you when I got on this call was, I hate the way I'm doing content. I absolutely hate it. I think it's, yes. I hate it. it's ugly and it's not to a standard however, that I want to be putting content out at. Yep. However, I don't have the time and I'm not. Totally not the most skilled person in content so it's not like the audio for podcast for example was it I do it I love it I do it on a Saturday morning first thing every single week and it no problem content I will put off and put off and put off and put off until yeah very last minute so I think balance is where I'm being hard on myself at the minute because I don't feel like I have a lot of balance and then negative self-talk starts coming in and mm. then the second that happens my instinct is to eat and this is where binge downward spiral for days and days and days um which I've managed to not do this time so we're progress but yeah that's what usually happens totally and it's what's nice to know is that when you look back at this especially even like this weekend or any um examples recently is that it's not your body's fault right everything you just described to me seems like work like work is crazy it's a lot of pressure I'm hard on myself I always want to do my best there's things with the podcast that I um that I put off or that I feel like I'm not good at and so those things like one of those things let alone like five of those things on top of each other like that is it's a lot and all of those have nothing to do with your body Mm-hmm. right and then the negative self-talk comes in whether it's like you're not good enough you can't do it whatever like your brain is telling you then makes it your body's problem because growing up you were taught that your body is the problem and those things that your inner voice is saying about work or about the podcast or whatever maybe are things that you were told growing up about your body yeah yeah does that make sense yeah yeah so then that's why it's really easy to blame your body because the stuff you're saying to yourself, being overwhelmed with work or whatever, is now your body's fault because that's what you've been taught has always been the problem. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's not. Yeah. So when you think, okay, first of all, like two weeks, no binging is pretty freaking big, like yeah. huge. Yeah. Tell yeah. me what's what's been different the past two weeks with how you've been able to cope with emotions of overwhelm or insecure or imposter syndrome or unworthy, right? All of those things. Tell me what's been different the past two weeks than the month before. I I did an episode about it actually. Um, and I talked about it a little bit about confidence and I was just not feeling the, my most confident self in some situations. So mm. I decided to just switch off and 
not do certain things, not be on dating apps all the time or not be on social media mm-hmm. anymore. Um, rest, I'm very bad at like resting. I never, never stop and watch TV. I never watch a movie. I never do any of that. Um, so I kind of decided to just put some little tweaks and amendments in place, like lifestyle changes. Um, and that was, it was probably about a month ago that I just wanted to, to just switch off. Um, and I think it was probably the effects of that, just being a bit more positive and kinder to myself. Um, and my mood has been really consistent where you said I have high highs and low lows. I do, but my mood over the past couple of weeks has been really consistent where I've not felt so low or so fed up or lonely or whatever that I want to eat as a fulfillment mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I've not felt the need or the urge to rely on food as a source to fill a gap that's currently. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. What do you think has been filling the gap, so to speak? Like what do you think has been the thing that allows you, and maybe it's not one specific thing, maybe it's even a mindset, but like one, what has been for you the past couple of weeks filling the gap of that food might have filled before? Honestly, just liking myself a bit more and Mm. feeling confident in who I am. And what I did, the spa day that I referred to before, Yes. I planned to do this whole journaling thing and I didn't, I just sat and I thought, and I ended up just reflecting on where I was, like even when I was 15 to where I am now, like who was the two people are so different. And I've never, I'm not one for in a child and all of that. I can't, I struggle. Um, I struggle to connect with it. Not that I don't believe in it, but I just struggle to play. Um, and I don't know. I was just like, God, she would have been, this version of me is so, she would have thought she was so cool. Like my lifestyle that I have, the friends that I hang out with, the job that I have, the people that I meet sitting on this podcast, talking to like massive names every week, like it's pretty boss. So <laughs> I, I was just a bit like, you know, I'm do, I'm doing good. Like, and just, just being proud of myself, I think, which I've honestly, mm-hmm. sad to say out loud, I don't think I've ever felt like really proud of myself before. Yeah. And that like, I just like, cannot one, I know that people may have seen me, but like, I cannot stop smiling because to hear you talk about yourself like that is so powerful and hopefully like inspires other people to talk about themselves like that too. Like to think about when was the last time you were proud of yourself? Yeah. Right. And it doesn't have to be proud. Like I had this huge, I got promoted at work or I had this big, like proud of yourself got out of bed or that you made your bed or that you cooked a meal or that you went to the grocery store. Like we, I feel like pride has to be like these big things and it's not, it can be these little things It can, well, I mean, talking to yourself in a positive way, isn't little, but like, it can be things that seem smaller that really aren't. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to be able to look back and even your inner child could be 15, right? If that's as far back as your brain allows you to go right now to like connect with it, like that's that's perfect and like giving yourself the space to be like you want to know what like I'm actually doing pretty okay and that that's huge um when you and it's also cool to see the effects of like 
speaking kinder to yourself and being, and there's voices of an intuitive eater. And one of them is a nurturer and being able. And I just think of like mother Willow from Pocahontas of like being able to like, although she wasn't the kindest, but being able to like nurture yourself and know that like, it's going to be okay is has such powerful effects because when you're talking about the past couple of weeks, so when you described to me a down day, you said tired, insecure, not worthy, imposter syndrome, insecure, overwhelmed, right? And those are days where you blame whatever's happening on your body. Self-talk is quite negative. Mm-hmm. What you're saying about the past couple of weeks without binging, it was a space where you were more confident. You spoke to yourself a little bit kinder. Like that was like, those were the main, like really big, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the really big changes Something that's, it, when I know it sounds really simple to say that out loud, but like something so simple, which is also really complex, mm-hmm. can have profound changes without even having to address anything about food. It was like, oh, that could have been reasons why I, I didn't binge. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think it's, yeah, it's a hard one to get your head around because also mm-hmm. it's great to have a two-week sprint of feeling like this but then equally it's totally. there's almost like a something in the back of your head and I am playing devil's advocate a bit here because of what we're doing and we're recording this but there's almost something in the back of my head at times where it's like it's gonna come again and what do I do when it totally. do I do it because it's weird I oh this is a hard thing to say out loud but it's okay. um when I'm eating or like when I'm in a binge eating I almost sit and say to myself this is the happiest I like it makes Mm. me feel so happy to eat and like to put this much food in my body I don't know Mm. where I'm going with this but it's a weird it's a weird thing to comprehend Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if I'm making any sense at all you are and I when clients also talk to me about like I don't know if I'm making sense like everything you say makes sense yeah like you never have to question it and it it does and wait it's like waiting for the other shoe to drop like this is too good to be true something's gonna happen and like we're just gonna go back to the way life was and like so there's an exercise called pre-paving and so it's like thinking about how do I want this thing to go like I'm sitting here but in the future how do I want it to go and so if you know that there are certain feelings or certain emotions or certain things that happen outside of your control that trigger these feelings that then eating is really the only way that you know how to cope with that emotion or it feels safe or it feels like you said, it feels happy. Then it's like, okay, how do I want to cope with that emotion next time? Or how do I want to even try, right? Like, what could I do? So you think about, okay, this, this thing happens or I have this feeling and I have the urge to go eat and eating to cope with an emotion is okay. And I think that's where it gets shame is that eating is not okay. And the thing is, is that it is because it's really cool to have a coping skill for an emotion Yeah, like that. I'm sorry. I'm just watching my dog dig a hole in her bed and I am just, (laughs) I am so confused. You can't go anywhere. Um, (laughs) But it's like eating is actually okay. Mm -hmm. And and when we think that it's not, then that creates the 
spiral of shame and guilt and um, and fearfulness of feeling a specific emotion. So then we block ourselves off to emotions and we don't want to, but then it's like the emotion gets really big and then you binge, right? So eating because an emotion is okay. Mm-hmm. When you think about the urge to binge or this emotion has happened, it feels really overwhelming, whatever it ends up being, even if it is overwhelm. And it's like, okay, there's, and Brie Campos, who I talked about, like talks about this too a lot. And I've learned a lot of body image and body grief and all that stuff from her. Um, But there's three different ways to cope with emotions and uh, they're going to be avoiding it, emotions oriented or task oriented. And so the avoidance ones are ones where you're like, I'm not able to cope with this emotion right now. It either doesn't feel safe or it feels like scary or whatever it is. And that can be like self-soothing. Again, sometimes that can be with food or distraction, like doing an activity or something that is outside of whatever has triggered the emotion to get you to just like cool down. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you can process the emotion in a little. With emotions oriented, you have the mindfulness. And so sometimes when it's like the urge to binge and, and it's like, take a couple breaths, you're like, fuck you. Like, that's not going to help. You know, like I can't do that. So it, it, it's helpful to like, when you go through these and there's like, um, like journaling and emotions awareness, and then also just like an action to understand like how I'm like, what am I feeling? Like, can I actually identify the emotion and then think about like, what do I need? And can I ask for help? And what emotion would I rather feel instead? Like, how can, if you think about like an emotions ladder, like how can I go up the ladder? Yeah. And think about like, what are the things that are going to help me get there? Sometimes food is going to be the answer. Sometimes it's not. And knowing that food can be an answer, right? And when you start to build up that trust with your body that it's okay to feel these emotions and I have like the tools to cope with them and to work through them, then it gets less scary and it's less like this, this another binging episode is going to happen. Or this is like, I'm so scared for this to happen because like what I'm feeling right now must be too good. Yeah. I almost, I do this thing where I make promises to myself where when I feel it start mm. to come on, I'll use this as a coping mechanism or I'll ring my best friend or I'll go for a walk or I'll put a podcast on because I listen to loads of podcasts. And then it gets to the point and I'm like, the urge to eat is so much stronger that a bit like you said, like mm. everything else, I don't need anything else. It's yeah. almost like an addiction in a way. Like, it's like, yeah, none of that coping mechanism is even relevant yeah. right now, the plan that I made. And then I feel disappointed because I made a plan to preempt this totally. and follow through with the plan. And it's all just a bit bleh, and messy. Totally. Totally. It, it, it feels like a failure and then eating feels like a failure because it's not what you want to do in the first place. I totally get that. Yeah. So when you think about even the, like that free paving of like, I'm going to make a plan, the, the plan almost feels like you're avoiding eating, right? Which then it's like, you can't eat. And then when we're told we can't do something, then it's like, you want to rebel against that. So it might, the feeling to eat might get even stronger because you made a rule and a promise to yourself that you weren't going to eat. So then when you do that thing, then it's like this urge to rebel against the promise that you made to yourself. So not only did you have the original urge to eat, but now it's like 10 times higher because you want to break that rule that you set, right? So when you think about like pre-paving or thinking about how you want to go, they don't need to be 
practices or rules or even necessarily a plan because sometimes that can feel really strict and depending on how you grew up and you know what you were taught and if you had rules put on you or if people told you you couldn't do stuff sometimes that plays into how you respond to things now so when you so sometimes maybe pre-paving won't help maybe learning about and and um like going through coping skills and like learning more will help you be like okay I'm, I'm not gonna make any rules it's okay to eat but I want to go through like next time I know that I have a bunch of other ways in which I can cope with this emotion and if it works great if not then like also okay and I can continue to work through it so it's not like a big like fuck you to myself because the only person that you rebel against is you right because you're not you don't have parents watching your every single move like they used to maybe. Um, so sometimes when you make promises or plans and it's like, you're almost setting yourself up to then be disappointed to yourself because it might, it might not go the way that it, that you want it to. And it's not something that you should never make goals or promises or plans, but to also have the mindset of like, if I make a, a, a promise or a plan, like what's the purpose of it? Is it going to be something that if it doesn't happen, that I'm going to be okay with? Because then if not, then like maybe for now, making a promise isn't as helpful as it might sound. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because it's almost like it's 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 harder to forgive yourself for yeah. things than it is one. I don't know if that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah it makes total sense. Yeah. Mm. It's all a tricky thing to know. How do you feel? I know. I think it's, yeah, good. And I think I was actually just reflecting in my head a second ago of it's so helpful to just say these things out loud. Because even, you know, I mentioned earlier about talking to my best friend about it and I do a lot, but you still don't say everything. And I think yeah, it's crazy to say things like like I've said a couple of times, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I can't believe I think myself or I feel this about myself because going back to the friends thing if I would I would never you know if my friends said that about themselves I'd be like oh no you can't speak about yourself like that but we all do so it's yeah I think it is it's just making it real yeah and that's sometimes you can kind of like live in this world inside your head and until it comes out of your mouth and someone especially like when it's me right now, like I'm an objective person. Like I'm, I mean, we're friends, but like, I don't see you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm the person you see all the time. So it it's helpful when you talk to someone that like has no subjective opinions or like is gonna, like, I don't know your deepest, darkest secrets from when you grew up. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's nice to have that like space where you feel safe enough to talk about it and also know that you're not going to get judged for what you say and that no I'm not going to have a negative reaction I'm not going to be like you think that you know like no so it sometimes it's helpful to just have that space whether it's you and me or whether it's a group of us talking that you get the like validation that you're okay and like all my clients are always like I have you in my head being like you're okay like it's okay. Yeah. I'm taught so often that you're not and that like you're the problem. And it's like, no, no, you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Like, don't it's okay that you overate. 
It's okay that you ate something that you've been told is bad. It's okay that you didn't go to the gym today. You know, like we make such like diet culture puts such like heavy, harsh rules on us that, that obviously don't need to be there. So it's, it's good to be able to talk. And like the, the things that you said that you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Like people listening to this are going to be like, thank God she said that out loud because I've been thinking it in my head and I needed someone to say it out loud. Yeah. And I think this is why, you know, we were chatting like on email before we started recording this and we were both quite excited to do something like this and record it because it just hopefully will open up a space for other people to one, feel like they're normal, not alienate themselves so much, Mm -hmm. but go and seek help whether it's through a platform like yours or you know working with a coach yourself or talking to friends about it or whatever works for them I think it's again like I said I hear so many women just bad talking about themselves and their bodies and and it becomes an obsession and and I it makes me feel sad so hopefully like people listening have heard and taken some inspiration away from it which is kind of the objective so yeah and thank you for offering a safe space I um, of course of course and like that's I mean I I love to be able to be someone space for you to just like feel free to talk about stuff and for you to be like oh shit we're actually recording like did I really want to say that like for you to sometimes forget that the recording light is on and to just like freely speak and really just like be in your body and like try to understand what's going on um sometimes is really helpful and like being like when you say something and me not saying like here's how you fix it it's like okay here's a question for you and you have like get to think about it and you get to understand where you want to go is also sometimes nice because a lot of times we ask for advice and people just tell us what to do and it's like huh what if I like made you think about, about it? And what if I steered you in a direction to come to it on your own versus me telling you what to do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting dialogue, isn't it? It's a really interesting process when you do do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's nice because then you have full autonomy. I'm not going to tell you how to live, right? Like I, I can teach you about intuitive eating and we can talk about it, but I'm not going to tell you like these are the foods like that, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do anything because it's your life and you should be the one that gets to decide what's important, how you spend your time, um, how you move your body, all that stuff. Like I'm never going to tell anyone how to live their life. I just will offer questions so that you can, you can make the best choices for you And I think that's really special about, at least from a coaching perspective, is that I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do, right? Like I'm going to hold the space. I'm going to ask the questions and I'm going to try to get you there. But ultimately you have full autonomy over your own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. And I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is, is that like when you were saying about what's been the difference the past two weeks, just Mm -hmm. yourself is actually not hard when you're actively trying to do it. And it's quickly, it's it's fascinating how quick it just becomes your automatic when you are making an active effort. Totally. totally. It's so interesting. I know, I love it. I know, <laughs> I thought we could be here all day, but thank you so much for I know. making the time. You're so welcome. Um, yeah, we, we need to do more. We need to make this a series. 
Um, I know I would love that. And we can cover other topics too. I mean, we can keep going on these, but I think it's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, we should. And I'll put all of your kind of links to your websites and your platforms and stuff in the notes. Perfect. I just want to visit you because I've definitely learned a lot. And actually platforms like yours are a really helpful tool when you are in that mindset of I want to binge or I don't want to eat or I'm feeling this kind of way. Like it's a great go-to and an outlet to just let me seek some advice or let me feel like I'm in a safe space. So thank you for that as well because it's it personally helped me loads oh I'm so glad I'm glad it's like a space where you can go and just know that you're going to be held and it's going to be okay yeah completely but thank you Sarah I am you're so welcome if you like this episode hit subscribe and leave us a review up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com